Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to The Destiny Show Podcast. Part of the Robots Radio Network. Live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Destiny Show. On today's episode, we will be talking about Luke Smith and all of the new revelations regarding this fall. We'll talk about Sandbox Changes Part 2. Yes, it's time for weapons. We'll talk about the future of Destiny, conversations from Reddit, and more. I want to welcome my co-hosts today. First off, Shadow Price, welcome to the show. Hello. So you've been, been you've been a little yeah. sick lately, huh? Yeah, I feeling a little under the weather, unfortunately. We had to postpone last night's show until today, but I'm going to push through it and because uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. You are an absolute champ, so thank you very much for being here today and pushing through it, and we hope that you feel better. Thank you. And we also have our brand new co-host, Anthrax. What's up, homie? Hey, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) It is so awesome to have you on the show and to be part of this project. It's, It's a great honor. Thank you very much for being on the show last week and also for being so awesome and for being so receptive to come back and uh yeah it's it's been a lot of fun and we can't wait for many more episodes yeah me too i'm excited awesome and we are going to be talking about so many awesome things today on the show we will give our predictions of the future of destiny beyond the next upcoming two expansions penumbra being the final one before this fall and we're going to talk about all that and we have some interesting comments that were made by luke smith where he did talk about the future of destiny and what he foreshadows for us guardians to have in the future so let's get on to it we have luke smith speaking out on this past week's this week at bungie or TWAB, whatever you call it. If you call it TWAB, that's cool. I don't judge you. So, during this week's update from Bungie, Luke Smith goes on to say that he wants to share three things on behalf of the team today. First, our sincere thanks to the people at Activision 
who helped bring Destiny to our players. High Moon Studios for their wonderful collaboration on Forsaken, Vicarious Visions, who helped establish a Destiny community on PC. Working with us on Warmind, and who is currently readying their Destiny Swan song with content that will appear in the upcoming season of Radicated. So does that mean the one after this next season? Penumbra, right? Penumbra, I would imagine. Penumbra, I think. I think that's what that means. So that's pretty interesting. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it's yeah. It it was he was. They were always going to come out and say, you know, thanks to Activision. When I think that was pretty predictable. Um. I, I think they genuinely probably are pretty grateful for Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios' work. I think those guys did a good job on the whole. Um, I think, I'm not sure if they're too upset to be parting ways with that division. Yeah, it's a classy move, I feel. Um, it was the right right statement, right, you know, chill thanks to Vicarious Visions for Great. their, their uh, help on Warmind. Because yeah, it's, it's, it was incredible. I, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely agree on that as well. I think that it was pretty much them saying goodbye to Activision, and I think that we're no longer going to hear them even acknowledge that the relationship even existed from everything that we've heard, especially with Jason Schreier releasing information about how Bungie and Activision had a really troubled relationship since... 2012 right so it's been it's been a long time and it's been a long time coming for this breakup to happen and i don't think they want to continue even talking about it and that was their pretty much saying goodbye and high moon studios vicarious visions those are incredible studios that have helped make destiny a better game and that's actually the one thing that almost begs the question you know can destiny be as good of a game without these studios even there can the game even exist or continue to exist on pc some people question that because of how great vicarious visions and high moon studios did i think that they are talking about them finishing up with content for the penumbra season so i i think that they're in a secret bungee way telling us hey this is what we're currently working on just to let you guys know that you know we didn't forget about this game it's not going to be forgotten now that Activision is no longer in the picture I think they wanted to draw a line in the sand as well and say you know everything after Penumbra is Bungie's own work you know by themselves yeah also just because you know Activision is the way they are doesn't mean like there wasn't great people who worked at these companies you know they they knew these they knew these people and it seemed like they were pretty stand-up individuals so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if you see over the next year or so bungie take on a lot of those people as permanent employees and you know transition happen between between yeah i wouldn't be surprised right either i believe it was jason schreier who said that the higher-ups at Activision said, you can leave if you want, and we're going to give you a severance package if you choose to do so. 
Was it some the blizzard? Of the blizzard. Okay. Some of the blizzard. Yeah, they told that to some of the blizzard staff. Now, does that also affect Activision in addition to that? Yeah, because Blizzard is a subsidiary of Activision. You know, it's Activision Blizzard. Yeah, Activision sounds like they're in trouble. There's a lot, of, a lot of drama going on there. Yeah, and a lot of it, some insider tra- trading sounds like. There was some news that surfaced about that, I believe, a week and a half ago. I haven't heard anything since, so I'm assuming the investigation is still underway as to what is going on with that. But in a way, I think their Bungie knew what they were pretty the much... The writing was on the wall. ...getting into, okay. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this didn't happen by accident. It's been planned for a long time. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. Agreed. Goes on to say, in the short term... We're continuing to build the content we've promised for the annual pass. We've learned a lot from Black Armory that we will apply to future releases. Most notably, that we'd like the beginning experiences of content drops to be a better point of convergence for the player base. In Black Armory, we set the power requirements for the first forge too high and that meant it wasn't a great chance to jump into some of the new content. We want to find the line between new content that players can play and aspirational content for players progressing towards. We're exploring improvements to catch-up mechanics for players in upcoming seasons. Here, he goes pretty much on to talk about how they're committed to continuing with the annual pass. I think they want to make it very clear that they're committed to delivering the content, the annual pass. They they seem to keep repeating that over and over again in pretty much every forum. So yeah. it, it's interesting that we don't know anything at all past, you know. No, because they, that deal was with Activision. I'm sure Activision gets cut, gets a cut there. Yeah. Those yeah. sales. So I wonder when we'll hear about what's going to happen in September, because that's the real... Yeah. yeah. And let's dive into that next. He talks about the long term and he says that Bungie is committed to destiny. We created a universe that we hold its future entirely in our hands. The vast majority of the team is hard at work envisioning future experiences enemies and ways to play the Guardian you've been building since 2014. We're going to keep that going. We're thinking about what it means to be truly independent, what it means to self-publish, and crucially, what Destiny's future can now look like for our players. It was a busy fall. It's going to be a busy year. When I look ahead and think about Destiny and where it could go, I see a bright future with roots in a memorable past. Not everything has been lost in the dark corners of time. See you soon, Luke. And those were his closing statements during this past week's This Week at Bungie. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Very calculated what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, no. It, Every, everyone seems to think that it was it was a, a nod to something coming in the future, though, right? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like maybe it was just Luke Smith 
messing with us like he has done in the past. Well, well, I don't think Bungie is in that position to mess with us anymore. I think maybe they used to be. He's trying to, I think he's trying to instill the confidence and also, you know, to let everybody know <laughs> that we haven't forgotten where the game came from. And, you yeah. know, we, yeah. we know how many things we've built and we know how many memorable things we've built. He uses the word memorable with roots in a memorable past. He's hinting at something. You know, there's a lot of things that could be speculated upon what he's hinting about. Yeah. Vault of Glass? Yes. I mean, that is that is a big <laughs> possibility. I mean, the th words he said exactly after that was, not everything has been lost in the dark corners of time. Yeah. And that You see that in the Vault of Glass during the Atheon fight. When you yeah. say it with the text been lost, comes up lost in the dark corners of time, yeah. So there's he's clearly hinting at some sort of return, uh, maybe a 2.0 version of Vogue. There's also some interesting uh, theories we could uh, predict possibly here too, that the game, uh, when it was first you know, going undergoing the uh, development, had a very troubled development. And there's a lot of assets that they had to just throw out when they had to start over and, uh, you know, basically reboot the game itself. And they had it, they did it with Destiny 2 as well. So could they use some of that content that was possibly tossed out aside? Yeah, I think it would be really cool if we can go to places like Europa. Yeah, it was originally in the original the, uh, concept art. The forest on EDZ. Like these yeah, there are was some... a Chicago area as well, right? Old Chicago, yes. Chicago. You're right. Yep, yeah. I remember. Absolutely. Yeah, these are things that can all now be explored because they don't have to answer anybody. They can now build this game how they see fit. And like they said, roots in a memorable pass to truly yeah. see their vision come to you know fruition that's a really good point and yeah i think that would be extremely exciting to see what they can do with old assets that never really made it into the game to keep it fresh and to keep it feeling fun and engaging and last week we talked about iron banner and what could make iron banner better and some of the things we mentioned were the weapons, right? The old weapons from Destiny 1 to really infuse it and make it special. Well, hell, go crazy. Go bungee crazy and release an expansion in the fall that is a love letter to the Destiny players, the people who played since 2014. And in my opinion, from a marketing standpoint, it would make perfect sense for him to envision what we're going to get in Destiny this fall because a lot of people seem to think we're not going to get anything this fall and I think we're going misconception because they can't afford not to release something in the fall and in most cases they will have been working on that content for at least 12 months now because it takes about a year or so for them to really build out the content. 
So I think this has been planned for quite some time. It's just now they have a lot more freedom with what they can do and where they can go. Vault of Glass 2.0. That would I think be awesome. This was all, like you said, I think this was all part of the plan, just like the words that Marasov uttered in The Taken King. All <laughs> <laughs> that time ago. How do you guys feel about potentially paying for the return of old content, though? It's, uh, it's a contentious issue. You know, I thought about that. And for me, I wouldn't mind it because they're bringing old nostalgic content into Destiny 2 on the PC. And I think right. there's something very cool about that. Maybe if they made it a cheaper update on consoles and make it an extra 10 bucks on PC, maybe that would make it a little bit more fair because you're not really paying for the same content as much. But still, you know, it does cost money for them to recreate these assets. In some cases, they would have to maybe collaborate with other studios and it gets costly. They have to fund right. it somehow, right? They can't realistically make it free. And I realize that. And when I look at how much I spend on Destiny, I relate it to how much time I put into this game. And if I play for a thousand hours, let's say, I think I more than got my money's worth, whether the content was $60 or $160. At that point, I got enough out of it where I can justify that expense. Right. The PC players didn't get Destiny 1, so it would be almost like a whole new experience for some of the PC players. Like people who like just exclusively play on PC who don't play console or anything like that. So what if they did something like this? They released an expansion in the fall that pretty much takes you back to the Vault of Glass. We go back to Venus. It's a $25 expansion on consoles, and it's, let's say, 30 or $35 on PC. Would, would you guys be cool with that? I think as long as they brought extra things, too. Yeah, it, it can't just be old It content. can't just be VOG. Yeah. Because right. the problem is they have to they have to at least attempt to bring back players who've abandoned the game and bring in new players when they release a new expansion. And if if they advertise it as we've literally repurposed a load of content from four years ago that you guys probably played the first time, I don't think I I, I doubt sales of new copies will be very high at all. I, I think a good idea would be to bring back the old raid but also bring a reprised version of it. I don't know how they can work that into the story, but, you know, something to that nature, and then, you know, do that with Crota as well, and King's Fall and Wrath of the Machine, because I'd love to play those raids on my PC in 60 frames. Do you guys remember last week when we talked about Destiny coming out with a complete edition of the game with everything? What if that's their plan for the future before Destiny 3 is out to release let's say an expansion in the a fall collection. exactly a collection that takes you back into D1 and reuses all of that awesome content but does it in a fresh new way where it tells a new story like imagine if we like a prequel 
like a kind prequel? of like a prequel, yeah, a kind of like a prequel story to Destiny One, where that we get a proper cool. story, right? Where we go on these quest lines, where we have a Forsaken-like story that takes you on these adventures into new places. Imagine a new Venus, <laughs> right? That'd really be like infused... Star Wars, <laughs> dude. Ah. Uh, would be so cool i know i know they're influenced by star wars then it'd really be like star wars because you release the newest movies first and then you release the prequels and everything so <laughs> that would be cool I, I would that would be very interesting actually because i would love to see how the golden age got started before the collapse and the battle of the six fronts and battle of twilight gap yeah. and and we can get all of that and they can add some new things they don't have to add a whole lot it would certainly make their lives a lot easier if they can reuse some of the old content that was great and that would solve the whole critique about bungie not really having anything to do with the content after a specific season and then it just kind of goes to waste right yes this is genius so this is genius this. i got i got and i i just thought of this i don't know if you're going to say the same thing as i am but the prequel yeah all this like like i said battle six fronts twilight gap uh eris morn's story how she got went down with her fire team six went down into the pit and she you know was she she was stuck there and you know she saw a lot of her friends die and things like that you know we can explore some of these these awesome stories that we've heard about and then also tie that in to to the story of destiny one and everything and bring that all together as a package in the fall and everything that would, that would be, be pretty amazing think about that'd it that'd be wild and we can get our old strikes back maybe reimagined in a cool new way not like how they did during age of triumph i think mm -hmm. that they can do some really cool and really unique things if they bring back some of the old strikes maybe maybe create like a couple of new strikes and maybe a couple old strikes to really make things feeling a little bit fresh and that would be a really good starting point in bringing the old content back that's really great imagine getting the gallerhorn back in the game or the plan c imagine going to the Page. battle of twilight gap and really forging your gallerhorn yeah <laughs> and they can make all of these weapons wow. into specific exotic quest lines they already have the foundation built so all they have to do is follow the formula they already built use the assets that they already created they might have to hire a studio to upgrade them and upscale them to 4k i'm not a game developer so i don't know how this process would work i would imagine it would be possible for them to do and it would be easier than just coming up with an entire new raid when the vault of glass was pretty amazing and recreate that give it to us for the PC so we can go back and play through the prequel, the story that tells you how Destiny came to be. You can go yeah. back and fight Atheon, but now with completely new mechanics that we can't even imagine. There's only one problem I foresee with the, with the prequel. We're, we won't be playing our Guardian. So maybe 
we could play some of the actual NPCs like Petra and like Shax at the Battle of the Twilight Gap and Saladin. And, oh man, that would be so cool. Yeah. How amazing. I don't think they would specifically abandon your character as a guardian. I think they will always true to that formula of you being your guardian. Right, but, but you could actually be some check other... This out. But you yeah. can go in the past. There could be some Vex technology that takes you into the past. Oh, and you yeah. Maybe time travel. Time travel. You travel into the portal of time that takes you deep into the Vex homeland and you have to fight through Atheon again, but maybe an enraged version of Atheon, a different Atheon, one that feels different, one that has new mechanics, or maybe you fight different versions of Atheons each week to make it feeling fresh and new every time you play that raid. So the raid boss has different mechanics each and every week, and they're different to make it feeling fresh every week that you come back and play the game. I think whatever it is going to be, it's going to be exciting. Because it just, they just have so much more potential now. Absolutely. Than they had before. Absolutely. And they're extremely talented. And it seems to me like they were creatively held back. And I don't think that is the case anymore. The only concern that some people may have is will Bungie take too long to release content and I don't think that will be the case and especially with Luke Smith coming out and saying see you soon he also said that it's going to be a busy year so in other words this year not next year even if the content is delayed until October it's still coming out this fall and that is this year so I think that his message means a lot in terms of what we will get in the future especially what we will get this fall because that is the next logical release after Penumbra and they will need this new content to keep the population going because think about it Gearbox will be releasing Borderlands at some point in the future we also know that Bethesda is working on a first-person shooter also. Starfield. Starfield. So yep. there will be competition coming. And Anthem. And is you have next Anthem, month. which I wish beta them luck. Beta for that luck. is soon, right? There's a console beta soon, I think. I believe on uh, yeah. Uh, next, next week, I believe, is the open beta for it. Uh, February 1st. The yeah. beta begins on the 27th, which is in three days. Yep, and then the uh, the open betas should be next week. I think that we definitely see a possibility of getting the old strikes back, the old legendary weapons like. I think that's Brace. gonna that's gonna feel really special. Yeah. Just to see those weapons in 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 the game again. They will like, be coming back. I'm telling I've you. I've always thought of just the connection, you know, just feeling connected to the world. You know, and it's like they, these are the things that you know we hold dear as Destiny players. Strip fed us old content back, right? So now just just give it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
Exactly. Two games and get it over with. And I think that's what Bungie wanted to do all along. You know, this this whole cutting it up and throwing the baby out with the bathwater, it was all Activision. Basically. I think it's, it was kind of intrinsically tied to the sort of prescriptive release cycle that they had, which hopefully now won't be an issue, but we'll yeah. see. I'm sure Deej didn't want to tell people that couldn't use your fate bringer anymore or things like that. I'm sure he, did, he didn't want to tell people that. I mean, this is, this, it's what he had to that's what he was directed to do from Activision. Yeah. yeah, I think that some decisions that were made by Activision were definitely not making the game better. I think that the release schedule that Bungie had to follow was because of Activision. And I think that it could potentially change the content schedule for Destiny. But at the same time, I think that Bungie knows that they cannot afford to have even one dry season. So even if they have to bring on other companies to collaborate with, I think they're a big enough company where they can do that and there will be companies more than willing to work with them. And honestly, E3, I'm telling you, I see a partnership between Microsoft and Bungie being announced at E3. It's you going to so. be a publishing deal exclusively. It's going to be Microsoft with Microsoft. Yeah, absolutely. And here's why: because I think that they're realizing that they cannot hold a grudge any longer in business. Right? You have to work with different platforms. Also, Microsoft has a pretty strong PC platform too. I remember that too. They have Xbox Live, which also will work on the PC. And I'm not saying they're going to switch from Battle.net because they might actually pay to stay on Battle.net also, but maybe migrate to other platforms as well. That could be a thing that might happen in the future. But then it's interesting to see how that affects the core game and connecting to specific servers and networks. So That'll be an interesting conversation to be had at a later time. Yeah, we're going to get to see all play out in the upcoming month, yeah. months. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens by E3, because that's when I think we're going to get our first look at the Vex expansion, which I call it the Vex expansion because I think that that's exactly where we're going based on these comments. I hope so. And I don't mind it. I would love to have all of my old weapons back from D1 because those were my favorite weapons and I wouldn't mind paying for a $30 expansion and getting the Fatebringer and Vision of Confluence and Plan C. It... I just hope they explore the Vex more. They've never done a good Vex story. and I really want them to. They haven't, the but, but they... Potential. They did a pretty decent job with Forsaken, and granted, they were working with other studios that they no longer have to help with the game, but I do think they are the ones who write the story. Yeah, yeah they, could, sure. uh, they could bring us back through the archive, yeah. but they could expand upon that, because that's where we first learned about the Vault of Glass, was in the archive mission in Destiny 1, about from Dr. Shim. Remember that mission? <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
and that was a really cool mission too. I just I liked it a lot because I liked the environment. It was like it was like a a big uh, I don't know industrial I wouldn't say factory, but more like a more like a research like a big lab. There you go. It looked really cool. Oh, yeah, Venus was an amazing space. My favorite. I love Venus. I love Venus. Venus. I would love to go back to Venus. I can't. I can't wait to see what Venus would look like on PC. And how many strikes did we get in total on Venus? Was it um, two? Three, I think. Was it three? Okay, three. I know it was Nexus. Nexus, the Winner's Run strike with the Archon piece, and what was it? The Restorative Mind. So, oh yeah. 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 That big flying Hydra dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was... I, I, was, I was thinking the un Undying Mines on Venus, but it was on Mars. But in the Black I know, because there's yeah. so many facts. You would think it's Venus, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I would really love that. Even just getting the Nexus strike back? I mean, dude, that would be pretty amazing. And I think they hear that the overall feedback from the Destiny community is that we want strikes. Like, why did you take them away? So I think they're going to really keep that in mind for the next expansion because I think if anything's going to get delayed, guys, it's going to be Destiny 3. If anything, you know, we might get more of a season pass model next year in 2020 where in the fall they announce, you know, hey, you're going to buy a season pass and we're going to release maybe four pieces of content. You're going to pay like 40 bucks. Yeah, I see spring 2021. Yeah. And I'd be okay with that, you know, as long as they give us some new things to do so we can come back and play. I certainly hope that they do a lot more in the Crucible because I feel like they almost abandoned Crucible when it comes to new maps and new content. So I hope that with Seasons of the Drifter, we get some more maps in the Crucible because it really doesn't need some love. Yeah, I would like to see some improvements made on that front for sure. Please fix comp. We, we want to love it. We, we do. We, we want to. We're trying yeah. to. And he sure puts an emphasis update, on enemies. Update something, anything. I don't care where it is. And just make, make some things better and some things worse. And just just, just yeah. shake it up, right? Can we have big team battle? Like something like that. Ooh, uh, that would be fun. With vehicles, like vehicle warfare. Like they can bring back my favorite uh, map. Hill, Lo Lost Light, Last Light. First, they don't light. Have to, First light. They can, they can call it, um, you know, um, what was it? Uh, combined Arms, like a better version of Combined Arms, though. You know, remember Combined Arms from D1? But they can build upon them, the Combined Arms, and make some real big maps and things like that. Um, That's pretty interesting. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that would be pretty awesome. I don't know if they would make that into a comp mode. I think they would make it more of a here, here's something be for a, everybody a, to play mode. It'd be a social. It'd yeah, be, a it'd be social. more of a social mode. But I could see them bringing a competitive aspect to it. That would be pretty awesome. Because it puts an emphasis on new enemies, too. Yeah. So or hopefully we can get some new enemy types, too. Yeah. yeah so yeah, some actual new enemy types. What about those pyramid ships? Right. Is that Destiny 3? Or I think that's Destiny 3. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I, think so. I think it is too. Yeah.
Yeah, that that would be pretty interesting. And do you guys think that Bungie would indeed go and work with people like Microsoft again? And I mean, I don't think they would go back to him as a publisher unless Microsoft gave him a deal, like an offer. They strictly, strictly publishing, <laughs> and because you know that Microsoft really needs a game to stick it to Call of Duty, and they don't have one, right? And it would be Destiny. They can work would that be multi-plat, though? Would it still be multi-plat? Oh, of course. And they're... Absolutely. And here's the thing. Xbox, while they do like having exclusivity, and they bought out studios for that purpose, they don't have to have that type of relationship. They can still publish a video game without having any copyrights to that content. It belongs to Bungie. It's Bungie's game. Destiny is popular enough, and I think Xbox has money to throw to make this happen. And Phil Spencer was one of the first people on Twitter to tweet out to Bungie to congratulate them and wish them luck. So it's not a coincidence when these companies are doing that. Both Xbox did it and PlayStation did it, and PlayStation did it because they know that they're losing that exclusivity. Xbox yeah, is doing it because I'm... they want to gain something, and it's that's my opinion of the matter, and I think we're going to see more at E3. I think Xbox is going to really shock the world by having Bungie on their stage saying, hey, we have this non-exclusive publishing partnership to bring Destiny yeah. And they might get a seven-day exclusivity, but is anybody going to be upset about that if they do that? I wouldn't. Seven days is a lot better than one or two years. Two years. Right? So I'm sure they um I'm sure that they have offers. What do you right guys now. think of that? From many different publishing opportunities. Do you think I'm sure they're talking to people right now. Do you think Xbox would make sense to be the platform they move back to? Microsoft. Well, not permanently, but just have them publish the game and you know give them a seven-day exclusivity. That's all. Well, like like you said, down we're we're almost on the verge of the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. Are you really gonna need big publishing? Like when it could be all digital. Like by the time that happens, you know, it's like. Uh, yeah, digital only is a possibility for sure. I think I they mean, lose quite hard on hard copy sales at, you know, checkouts and, you know, for Christmas gifts and things like that. Right. That That's the only, that's the only uh, catch. But check it out, guys. You're, you're assuming that the greatest value that these companies are gaining is the actual distribution from these publishing deals. Maybe not so much anymore. You're correct, especially with digital distribution. But still, you have to remember... When you sign up for a any type of digital distribution agreement, you're still giving away between 20 and 30% of that revenue. So it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to do that on their own unless they're striking a deal with a company where they're getting a better percentage. It's more beneficial for the developer in to be digital. In some cases, yeah, I was but, under the impression they were going to literally try and self-publish their own game. Yeah. Like, I don't, because... I don't think look for a publisher. I think they're going to spin up a publishing arm of Bungie. I think right now they did talk about self-publishing, but honestly, I think it's pretty much them saying, hey, we're going to try to do it ourselves. 
who wants to work with us so they're trying to get people to want to say hey let us publish for you because I still think it sounds a little bit crazy for a company that's never published before that has had such a troubled past and such a rocky launch path for them to be moving into this unknown territory because guess what publishing doesn't only mean distribution publishing also means throwing all of the parties doing all of the marketing doing all of the advertising doing so much that so many people were responsible for I mean just go back and look at the credits for destiny one or two and look at how many people from Activision were responsible for bringing this thing to life there's a lot of people working on this project and I think you know they're doing this strategically to try to get attention from big name publishers like Microsoft and I think Microsoft is in a position where they would be more open to striking a deal that's in Destiny's favor right that Bungie would be okay with agreeing to and not only that but who works for Bungie Joseph Staten and he is the creative director at Bungie. Yeah, he was a writer. He was, he was the main, he was the head writer. The lead writer, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, let's make this interesting. Let's uh, let's have a little friendly wager here. That. Let's do it. Um, let's. Uh, you say that Microsoft is going to strike a deal with Bungie by E3 yes. publishing. Yes. I. All right. Say that. Yes. All right, I'm going to say it's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, I think Bungie self-publishes, or at least attempts to, for for a year, two years before the anime third published towards out. And uh, I'll be willing to put a, a a sushi a sushi dinner on the on the line for that. That sounds like a plan. All right, it's a bet. It's a bet. It's a deal. We're betting <laughs> spicy tuna rolls, people. Yep. I love spicy tuna. Anthrax, do you guys have spicy tuna rolls in your neck of the woods? Is that a thing? Yeah, 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 we have sushi, man. Is it good sushi, though, or is it like... I imagine it's okay pretty sushi. good. You guys are... Yeah, on the whole, yeah. Depends on where you go, obviously. I'd imagine it's the same everywhere. You're surrounded by water. I'm, I'm assuming it's pretty good there. Yeah, we get some, some good seafood, for sure. Yeah. And some good beer. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, this this is the most exciting part, is just seeing how all this is going to play out. Because, basically, it's just going to benefit us as gamers in the long run. Exactly. That's why I'm excited for all the all the competition as well, right? And, you know, we were talking about Anthem and, you know. Yeah, because it lights a fire in, under Bungie and exactly. gets them to step up their game as well. Exactly. People, so. people pull ideas from each other and get inspiration from each other and, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it motivates people, and I think that this idea really excites me because I think that it gives us the destiny that we've always wanted from, like, day one. Like, we get a really nice story, like we got in Forsaken, and I think they have that formula down. They can do that. They know how to bring that to life. So all they have to do is execute on it part of why I was thinking that Microsoft would maybe work with Bungie as they have a lot of money to throw that down, remember. So if there's anybody who can fund anything, it would be Microsoft. They can throw a lot of money at Bungie. And 
I think they would do it to get maybe a seven day or a 30 day exclusivity. But regardless, I think that it would definitely benefit Bungie in the long run to not go forward with the self publishing and really focus on what they're really good at, and that's making video games, creating stories, and building places that we want to explore. Yeah, I mean, it, it's should very interesting. interesting. It should be very interesting. So we, we definitely think that there's going to be something in the fall. Do you guys think there's a possibility that we get nothing this fall? Is that even a... Chance? I don't even think that's... I, no, no, at least we'll not get at a all. season reset. And, uh, you know, yeah. We might get like a four-season a, a, a four annual pass rather than a three-season one that starts with September. I think that's the minimum we would get. Yeah. Yeah. Because they got to make money. Exactly. So as simple as that. Now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can I can see them giving us, you know, something more than that. Because if you think about it, for them to say, to speculate the Vault of Glass, right, it, it has to be something related to the Vault of Glass. They wouldn't just say it to, we're going to mess with you, right? And I, I don't think they're in that position right now where they can do that especially with the split up with Activision some people are wondering is there going to be anything from Bungie well now they have a conversation starting about well what can this be will they yeah, release anything and I think this is a very telling sign to what we will get in the fall yeah, it's hope for the future. Like, hope you for know, the future. He was very direct in his message. He was talking to the Destiny universe, basically. All the players. Definitely. And speaking of, we actually are going to talk about Marty O'Donnell, who is who used to be sound director for Bungie. He made all of the music. He was their pretty much lead composer. And... He was starting to send out some videos on YouTube about how he made this Destiny music. So it makes me wonder, will he potentially come back and work with Bungie? Is that possible for them to rekindle their relationship? I mean, anything's possible. It just depends. I think the beef between... Uh, the beef there is between Bungie and, and Maya Donald, right, rather than... I don't. I don't think Activision had anything to do with that. I think it was. It was creative differences based on the need to, you know. But was it pressure from Activision upon Bungie that caused that rift? Possibly. Oh, I'm sure it was, but I think the argument was between Mighty and Bungie, right? Right. I, yeah. From the interview that I heard him do with, her name was Kate, something. I can't remember her last name, but it was a great interview, and he disclosed all you know some of that information on that interview i mean it could happen you know anything could happen but you know it just depends on how how far with those bridges burned you know it's we'll have to wait and yeah see. i think there'll be a big part of bungie now that wants to make a break with the past as well you know yeah a big part of the studio will want to start again from scratch in yeah. a lot of ways so yeah. yeah, or they could just be like, "Look, it's different here now. You know, it's we. It's just it's us. We, Activision's no longer the picture. 
give you all the creative freedom again, even talking, you know, to Joseph Staten as well, you know, who originally wrote a lot of the Destiny one, the original story. I think that Bungie realizes that they cannot be an egotistical company that is holding on to the past of their success with Halo. They can't do that any longer. They're a different company now, a more humble company, a company that has lost a lot of fans and have gone through a lot of changes to get to where they are today. And they're continuing to learn, they're continuing to make mistakes. We saw the Black Armory. I mean, I'm pretty pissed with the Black Armory. I'll tell you guys in a minute about that. But it's a different company today than it was before. And I think that you can't argue that Marty O'Donnell made Destiny better. In fact, he probably made Destiny what it was. It wouldn't be as successful without him. And I think they're going to want to bring him back on board. And they realize that if it will benefit their franchise going forward, they will be more willing to open those relationships up and open those doors up. Look at Music of the Spheres. It was released publicly on social media, and Bungie did not copyright claim a single video of that. That was really interesting. Now they have it sold in a, in a vinyl collection for yeah. uh, $100 on the Bungie store. Yeah, they have it all available now. And do you not think that maybe Marty O'Donnell is getting some royalty from it? I'm sure he is. And maybe that was the first step to fixing the relationship with Marty O'Donnell to bring him back. So maybe when we see Destiny 3, what if Marty O'Donnell is part of that? How amazing would that be? How incredible would that be? You know, maybe we could see Joseph Staten coming back also if the relationship with Microsoft is stronger and maybe they help them out with the publishing, throw some money out at them so they can release more content at a better pace. I think that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, so many variables. So many variables. Yeah. I'm really excited, guys. No idea what's going to happen. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I'm excited, yeah. nonetheless. I'm very excited. I'm hopeful yeah. about the future. Hope for the future. So let's move on and talk a little bit about sandbox changes that are coming to Destiny. I believe this coming Tuesday, and some of these changes they talked about in this past weekly update. They talked about certain exotics that are being adjusted. And uh, let me give you guys a quick rundown of what they talked about in the weekly update. They talked about buffing underutilized weapon archetypes, adjust hot button weapons in PvP like Telesto and Wave Splitter for auto rifles, uh, damage will be increased for rapid fire, adaptive, and high impact families, and they're going to increase damage versus high risk for scout rifles. Damage increased for lightweight and rapid fire families. Increase all scout rifles in PvE. They will forever be at a lower end damage type due to the safety at range variable. Then we have sniper rifles. Increased damage on rap rapid fire archetype to allow two body shot kills. 
For Legend of Acrius, there will be an increased damage and range uh, increase slightly. For Telesto, uh, PvP damage reduced to match the charge rate. And for Trace Rifles, increased minimum ammo from special ammo boxes and reduced strength of Wave Splitter PvP in line with other Trace Rifles. So those were the changes that we can expect and more that have not been released yet in the weekly update. Do you guys have any thoughts on that, especially scout rifles and sniper rifles, Shadow Price? Um, yeah, it's, scout rifles, I believe, definitely need to be buffed. They have been underperforming throughout Destiny 2. Sniper rifles, is, uh, I, the flinch. I, you, you flinch a lot when you get hit when somebody <laughs> yeah. shoots you. Using a sniper rifle, I can still get kills with sniper rifles. Actually, pretty decent, but it sounds like they're increasing. They said they're increasing the damage on the rapid fire archetypes. So that's uh, alone as a god and everything. So I, I believe that sniper rifle is already godly. So it's going to get even more godly from the sounds of it. Yeah. Anthrax. Uh, yeah, yeah. The changes all look pretty decent to me, man. I'm glad they're buffing auto rifles. Um, I never got to see what Wave Splitter was all about. I've seen footage of it, but I've, obviously I've never seen it in the Crucible because it's PlayStation exclusive, so I, I can't speak to that, but I've heard it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Telesto probably needed tuning, in my opinion. Um, I think that's 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 probably a good change. I, I get the feeling they probably destroyed it, though. It sounds, from the sounds of this, they talk about... They talk about nerfing it, and then it was it was so bad they had to buff the optics. And buffing the optics doesn't sound like a significant rebuff to me. So I feel like it's it's probably going to be pretty bad now. Um, which you know, it's had its time, some would say. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm also glad they're buffing Legend of Actress because I used to love that thing, and there's absolutely no reason to run it at the moment. So actually, it's really good in the Lake of Shadow Strike because it tears through those. <laughs> Through those um, those phalanxes with the shields, oh, and you can nice. literally shoot right through their shield. The boss of that strike too, you can wreck with uh, Acrius. If everybody's got her Acrius on, he literally goes down in like ten seconds or less. Actually, five seconds. <laughs> pretty pretty fast. Huh. That's really interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. I will have to check it out during the next Lake of Shadows Nightfall. But if they're buffing it, like it's also gonna like that means it's gonna be a beast in PvP. Yeah. <laughs> too. So. And that's good. Increasing the damage and the range, so that's pretty exciting. I think it already has sick range. Oh my god. So it's gonna be really cool. What's yeah, gonna be really good again? What do you guys think about scout rifles? Do you think that we need more love for scout rifles, or do you think that what they're doing is enough? I wish they would buff the damage on the low rate of fire ones. I don't know why they're not doing anything with those ones. I know they're not part of the meta. Trust me. They're the only one that might be that you could probably say would probably be Jade Rabbit. But yeah, I don't get the point of scout rifles now. Now we have max range, four burst, high impact pulse rifle. Yeah, it would be really yeah. difficult to not be using my blast furnace. Exactly. Or go yeah. figure. Or. I mean, I do like scouts, though, because, you know, I do really enjoy them a lot in D1. Yeah, in D1, they were a lot of fun. I really enjoyed Mita Multi-Tool. 
I think you were thinking of maybe like Vision from Confluence. Yes, I was thinking about Vision. <laughs> because they, they did make Vision uh, an exotic. Just like they made Favorite right. an exotic. You're right. Just like they made um, Paris uh, Timepiece an exotic. Every single raid primary, I think. Yeah, and Adrian has Epilogue. What if they did that again? Would you guys be okay with that if they brought back the exotics, but there was an exotic? They brought them back as exotics? Yeah, they brought back the raid weapons as exotics. Well, they did it in D1, so... But the reason that those were exotics is because because they were in the primary slot and they were elemental. Yeah. Yeah, they They would have to have some other uh, ability or... Or just bring back elemental primaries altogether. Yeah, do you guys think they would potentially do that? Bring back the primary um, elementals? I don't see why they. I, I think everything is uh, you know on the table at this point. You know, a- anything is possible at this point. Well, Bungie did re- recently have this little event where they invited a number of content creators to the studio, like about a week or two ago. I'm guessing and that was to play some of the new stuff that they have give maybe feedback on the next content drop maybe start talking about what we want in the fall that might be interesting yeah i i haven't seen have any of you guys seen what came out of that Anybody? no they're probably nda'd up for the mind imagine you probably... yeah you're right yeah definitely i don't think they played anything after this next content drop, honestly, I think they were probably just collecting feedback on what we want. Yeah, Joker's Wild, maybe. Yeah, probably. You think? Do you think they could have showed them some of the number? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe some early stuff. Maybe some activities that they're working on that kind of. Maybe thing. some pictures and some art. But you know, I don't think they were talking about that. Well, yeah, because Vicarious is like honestly, you know hard at work on that right now. Are they really still working on that? Vicarious, yeah. Oh, okay. That's their swan song. Like that's their final gift to the player. That's their final contribution. So, yeah, I personally think that guns like Legend of Acrius, I'm pretty excited to try it out with the new meta. I I like what they did with auto rifles. Although for me, unless I'm using breakneck, I probably won't be using too many auto rifles. But who knows, right? They could come out with some pretty sweet auto rifles in the next expansion that I really want. And scout rifles, eh, you know, I don't use scout rifles. As you mentioned, pulse rifles are kind of meta right now. And between my blast furnace and my go figure, I'm pretty tied up. And I also have been enjoying hand cannons quite a bit. So that's been occupying some of my time so yeah and then also there are going to be changes that are coming to destiny 2 on january 29th it looks like they're going to be fixing the ballistic log problem i think and that's one of them yeah the ballistic log issue is is up for fixing um it looks like they're at least looking at the key molds and the uh, the scope for Izanagi's burden. I don't know if you guys have come across that one, but sometimes it goes janky if you use inertia override on a Titan. It's weird. It looks like they're still working on a fix for that. Yeah, that happened to me when I was in um, Gambit. That's yeah, really strange. When I invaded and I looked through my scope, it got all like 
psychedelic looking. I was just like, what? What's going on? <laughs> Did I just like go in a Jimi Hendrix video? Like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's a weird experience. Man. Yeah, so that that'd be a nice change, I'm sure. And, and also, you know, I'm sure people want to get there as an Aggies too, because people who yeah. didn't. Get the bounty, or for whatever reason, weren't able to complete it like last time, because there are there are a number of steps. You you got your Izanagi's version, uh, right, Anthrax? Damn straight, I do. Yeah, man. Oh, I saw that you got your Jotun, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I did. I got it. Amazing, man. It's so good. Yeah, it, it can shut down supers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean. That's awesome. You can shut down a Nova Warp. You can shut down Spectre Blades. With yeah, man. You, uh, pro tip, if you use Inertia Override and you get it just right, you, I think, I'm pretty sure you can kill every super. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that powerful, but I was like, whoa. I, I, I was like, when it happened, I, I just was, <laughs> I was really yeah. excited. It's, it's one of those sort of jump off the couch moments. Yeah, absolutely. We know for sure that uh, Black Armory is getting fixed with Ballistic Logs finally being fixed. And for me, I don't want to start raging on a podcast, but Bungie, please get it together. I love you to death, but please fix your game and make it a game that people want to play. And if I go and do an activity, a weekly activity, mind you, and if that activity results in me not getting the drop that I was supposed to get or the system not working properly to reward me fairly for my time it doesn't feel good and it makes players not want to play so please do a better job at testing whatever comes out next so that we don't have this kind of experience because just describe what the the problem was that you had man okay so what happened was I had a bounty that carried over from last week without realizing it. Well, when that happens, you pretty much lose out on your powerful drop. It glitches out. So I would get my ballistic frame, but when I came to Ada 1, she didn't offer me anything with a powerful frame. She only offered me the rare frames that were from the modulus reports that don't give you the powerful item. So essentially, I lost out on my chance at getting the powerful item, and without getting that powerful tiered item, you can't get Jotun, and you also can't get Luminarch. So it's been sucks, three weeks now, yeah. Bungie, that this has happened to me. So please... Make sure you delete all your frames. I was thinking about, yeah, I was thinking about deleting stuff. <clears throat> deleting well, hopefully, stuff. yeah. Because, I mean, going forward, after the 29th, you can actually, you will be able to have the logs in your inventory, and you should be good. Because they said the gold, if you had the gold one, if you had, like, the incomplete gold frame, the radiant frame... That, is that going to stay, or is that going to go down to silver, or something like that? Did they say it was going to go down to a silver? I know, frame? I know they're doing. I think if uh, you have a, a another gold frame from last week, it will convert to a silver automatically. I think is what right. the idea. Right. Okay. Yeah. And if you have a silver, it'll convert modulus. Report. 
reports, like three modulus reports, I believe. Yes, your drop rate also increases for the lore items from 10% to 20%, starting with the January 29th update. Well, that's good, because I've gotten little to no lore <laughs> since... Uh... And also the Forge emblem will be fixed so it is accurately displaying information. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, Bungie.net community forum is getting updated. The subforums are being removed. The code of conduct is being updated to combat toxicity. And out of curiosity, do you guys use the Bungie.net forum at all? Nope. I don't anymore. I used I I used to. I used to back in D1, but I haven't really. Reddit's a much better place. I agree. I agree. It's much better controlled, you know, and you're getting much better quality content. Whereas if you go on the Bungie forum, it's it's a mess the way everything is organized. So it's very difficult for you to track conversations on the Bungie forum the layout just doesn't really work reddit for me is much better also i agree but good luck we we hope that your forum is filled with awesome people and we hope to someday be a part of it so moving on there are issues that are being fixed with the fastidious meister tribe and various other black armory fixes uh, there's also a Regix's broadsword quest line fix that was affecting some of the players on consoles. And the knife flip emote is being fixed also. Yeah, it's going to be continuous, which it should have been from the beginning, so that's cool. Yep. Although they are still investigating a number of things, including black armory key molds, relic rumble triumph, Submachinist Metal and Izanagi's Burden Scope that are still Yeah, which we referred to earlier in the Gambit. Yeah, so, so that was the Bungie Weekly Update, or the TWAB. Who loves the TWAB? It'll always be the Bungie Weekly Update to me. It's TWAB. It'll always be the TWAB. I like, uh, I prefer TWAB. TWAB. I like that. TWAB. I like that better. <laughs> so, every single week, we give this game spicy tuna rolls. So we're going to give our rating on this week's TWAB, or TWAB. And what do you guys think? How many spicy tuna rolls would you give this weekly update? For me, it's a five because of Luke. Luke's statement. Luke's statement was huge. That was that set the that set the tone. I I thought that was very very well thought out, very well written, very straight to the point, and you know just it also like took a lot of the players, I think, feelings and things into account as well. Just you know. Just talking straight to the, the Destiny players, and I thought that was just very. Yeah, I think he read the book perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it was the perfect thing to say at the perfect time, 
and for me it's a five for sure because luke smith pretty much told us hey we're getting our favorite raid back yeah in so many words yeah <laughs> i mean you know it's obviously there's a lot of subliminal like probably talk there and things of that nature but he was just so very candid and just you know he just it was just it was really good and very well written and you know i think we all wanted to hear something like that and you know we give luke a lot of crap and everything we used to back in d1 but you know he really does care about destiny and care about the destiny player base and everything. he does it's always nice when he pops up yeah yeah and i think he has done some of the coolest things for for the destiny game he was the creator of the vault of glass he was on that team on the raid team when they made the vault of glass the right raid. the taken king yep mm-hmm. yeah he's also yep yeah, he's also on the yeah the um back to back then he was on the raid team for uh, vault of glass so he was responsible for bringing that raid to us so it was very special for him to give that message out to the world and i thought that was very special and i enjoyed the update because of that i think that really solidified their future beyond you know just the next two three months so yeah so really cool and uh good update and bungie keep it up we want more awesome updates like this so moving on we are going to talk about the uh three things that we picked out from the destiny reddit community and first up we will talk about marty o'donnell and he released a number of youtube videos that go into the vanilla destiny uh, music that he created and many people are speculating if this means that there could be some type of collaboration in the works between Marty O'Donnell and Bungie for maybe future content. So he's putting up the music on the YouTube on channel? On his own personal channel, he put up yeah. a number of videos and showcases music from destiny very 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 interesting that he would be doing that well i'm, I'm sure he still has a good relationship with some of those people there especially some of his uh former composers that worked with him like mac michael salatori yeah. and everything you know so who knows anything could happen <laughs> at this yeah. point the timing seems odd it seems almost intentional yeah yeah, I yeah. I had saw things of this, like, just briefly glance, glance at some of this, but I, I didn't know that he was actually doing this. This is this is cool. No, that was all him, and I find it very cool because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Destiny music. I bought all the soundtracks, and I listened to it more than I probably should, and I... I think the music is great. The music is something that really made the game so special to me besides the shooting mechanics. You know, the 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 music kind of set the mood for what you were playing in the game. 
and it's it's a powerful medium if you think about it yeah i mean that music is was is iconic you know it's i can just remember so many times running around the cosmodrome and running around venus and you know just hearing that awesome melody play in my ears and everything you know it's just like or Sepix Prime, or you know the 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 room before you got to Sepix, like when you had to fight like those three waves of fallen and things like that. You know, just so many memorable memorable tunes, basically. Yeah, definitely. The music was so special. Anthrax, did you enjoy the music in Destiny? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the music in Destiny. I think I think the way that they uh, design the music seemingly so that it works, you know, in tandem seamlessly with the, the encounters and the way the encounters move. But especially in raids, you know, some I think some of the best some of the best music in the game is in is in the raids. Axis is the perfect example. In Wrath of the Machine, the Axis Phase Two music was absolutely brilliant. Just made that whole fight so much more atmospheric and exciting. The same with some of the checkpoints in in Last Wish as well, Vault in particular, you know, we talked about it last week, but the music in that encounter is phenomenal, you know? The music in the Nexus strike, too, yeah. for me. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> good times. <laughs> when that bass line hits, like, that just, all that bellowing bass, and then the it just, it, yeah. oh, man, that's so, it's so cool. Yeah, I love the music that they do that kind of describes each of the races as well, you know, the Cabal Stomp and those kind of, set pieces that kind of sort of yeah. describe then, the races. I'm curious then, about something. Who made the music for the Vault of Glass raid? Was it Marty O'Donnell? Um, I think it was a combined uh, effort. I think he was on the team as a point. Team, yeah. Right? yeah, Mike Salvatore, Marty O'Donnell, um, C. Paul Johnson, Sky yeah. Lewin. Sky Lewin is also accredited to a lot of that music as well. What if Marty O'Donnell came back for the next big expansion and made some new music for the Vault of Glass. The last credits of Marty O'Donnell were on Destiny were all they were in Rise of Iron. There was a few tracks that Marty O'Donnell was accredited on Rise of Iron. It's hey, that would it's be very re interesting. Bungie's, you know, being free of Activision now, I just I the sky's the limit. Pretty much, like there's there's so many possibilities at this point yeah absolutely. yeah i would be surprised with almost almost anything that we could hear i kind of it wouldn't surprise me do you know what i mean as you say the sky's the limit literally anything anything could happen now with bungie and the direction they take the game in but... yeah anything's possible now yeah for sure now to go forward a little bit in time we have the next update to destiny coming out on january 29th we will have what is likely our last big content drop for this season and that's going to be the last word quest uh one to get your thoughts on what you think we will get with the january 29th update beyond what we already know do you have any thoughts on what this last word quest will have? Will it be a multi-step quest line? Will it have any kind of story to it or any adventure tied into it? Yeah, I spoiled this for myself because I saw the date of mine, so I, I'm not going to comment. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I looked at some of it too. I'm guilty. It, just, it looks super, super long and super grindy and... Some good lore, though. Yeah, some, some great lore. Every single step seems to have some yeah. great lore behind it. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. So, it when, when did this come out? A few weeks ago. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was on. It was uh, data mined. Some of the bigger YouTubers have covered it. Uh, unknown player, Hamish, things that nature. Huh. Very interesting. Well, I did not realize that. Well, I've been living under a rock, people. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can honest, I can probably say that. You know, it's it's safe to say that Shin Melfer is going to be like. There's going to be some sort of tie-in with Shin Melfer. Oh yeah, there's some great lore behind it, as you said. And there's, it seems like there's some PvP and some PVE and some gambit. There's, you know, there's, there's a blend of activities within the quest line as well. It's not all just PvP, for example. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, last word. Let's let's be honest. That was a heavily touted PvP weapon in D1. The gun was amazing. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. And that actually would give them a lot of an idea for what they can do in the future with quest lines for maybe new and old exotics that they bring forward and i think um, the community feedback will be important for them to build out what they have planned next for exotics and the entire system of how that works yeah i mean because i think it's also going to tie into joker's wild as well because uh, things that i've also listen and heard about <laughs> yeah i don't want to spoil anything so that's about all i'm gonna say about that yeah i want catalysts back really badly yeah we, we are missing a number of catalysts it'd be nice for them to what about heavy ammo sense please can i have them back that'd be great thanks bungie yeah or just let us put rally banners everywhere yeah I'll take either one. Maybe create banners like strikes and for maybe not crucible, but I'll just take the heavy ammo sense though, because it, it's again that fuel of connection. It's to, in my opinion, it was a system that wasn't broken, so I don't really understand why they went ahead and tried to fix it when again it wasn't broken. People actually enjoyed the heavy system, including myself. Yeah, they just wanted us to grind for heavy ammo. Yeah, <laughs> more. Alright, so finally, we're going to talk about Yotun, exotic, what is it, a grenade launcher? Uh, no, it's, it's a, a fusion, fusion. rifle. Fusion fusion rifle. Oh, okay, well. It's a fusion. High impact rifle slash rocket launcher slash grenade launcher. Slash bazooka. Slash sniper. <laughs> yeah, you literally fire it from your arm. <laughs> yeah. So. Because it's like. It's basically, it's literally a hand cannon. What are the, what are the perks <laughs> yeah. on it that make it special? So it's a fusion rifle, but it fires all seven of its bolts as one massive ball of energy. Um, and on impact, that ball of energy, if it doesn't kill the target, which, let's be honest, it probably will, um, it then leaves like a sunspot in it for a few seconds that burns anything that comes through it. It's it has, pretty, bro it's pretty broken, man. It has a little bit of a tra it, it tracks too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It track it. It very aggressively tracks, but there is a way to to, to counter it. So I found in the crucible, basically, if 
as someone shoots it at you, if you jump in the air or if you move slightly to the left or the right, it's not going to hit you. I noticed that because it literally it's all or nothing. You either yeah. hit him with it or you completely miss him. And I hit either tracks and it, as they go around the corner and you're like, oh my god, I should not have got that kill. Or you fire it directly at someone and it just goes like through their legs or something. And yeah. Kills. What if you shoot it at the ground? Does it like burst into fire and can you burn them from like that? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, unless you get a direct hit, it's not going to kill someone and it does it does damage yourself slightly. So it's probably not the best tactic. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I've been I've been having a lot of fun with the weapon. It's something different. That's why I like it. It is very different. It also yeah. looks like a toaster. Yeah. yeah, it does. It looks like you can cook you some toast. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I like it a lot. I like it. It hasn't left my special spot. To the point, I'm actually I'm running two special weapons and a heavy weapon now. So I'm running <laughs> uh, threat level Jotun and the uh, uh, hammerhead. My kind of oh, and that's taking some of your extra special ammo because you got to share it between you got to share it between those two, don't you? Yeah, for sure, but I'm, I have enough special ammo finder mods on my armor that it never seems to be a problem, so... Yeah, yeah. there you go. Primary weapons are so 2018. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's definitely a power fantasy weapon, you know, you, oh. it gives you that, that power fantasy. It's 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 really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I can't really comment on it too much, uh, because I did not get it, but I have seen it dropped, so I know it's possible. So Bungie... If you hear me, I would love a little bit of better RNG in 2019. That would be great if I can get better RNG. So, but about the weapon, do you think that it is suitable for Crucible to be that primary exotic? Um, because, I mean, it would have to... Pretty much it's in the special slot. It's an, it's an interesting one. It, um, it, there's, a, there's a skill gap to sort of being good with it you, you know you can get a couple of crazy kills with it if you you gotta charge it that's that's one of the main yeah, things you have to know what you're doing with it to perform well uh yeah. but yeah it, it, it has potential for high level play for sure i i don't think i don't think it's going to change the game i don't think everyone's going to be running around firstly it's it is still quite rare not many people have it and also with the last word coming and you know meta shifts coming i i don't think it's going to be like the be all and end all I haven't seen that play out in practice. I haven't seen too many of them when I've been playing games. So it's good with Titans because you can just like float in the air and just yeah. like do death. Titans with lion rampant. Stick yeah. Lion rampant. Yeah. yeah, stick lion rampant on, and you're just like lion gliding rampant. around with in the air with it. <laughs> a punch the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Now I didn't. I don't know this completely because I'm. I'm just going to ask you if you knew. Do you have to aim it for it to track? Or if you fire it from the hip. No, no, no. no. Uh, it, so the, I think the tracking is basically predicated on on the cursor being over the target when when the bolt leaves the barrel. Oh. So, okay. Obviously, there's a smaller cursor when you're not ADS, but it's still there. So as long as you can get it on them, it's still tracked. Gotcha. Yeah, it's really cool, man. It's really cool. I I, I feel like it's one of those things that like in three months' time, I'll, I'll just be destroying things with it because I'll be used to how it plays, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I'm really excited to hopefully get it next week, or if I decide to grind out a second character on this forge thing, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. 
Yeah, man, you'll love it. <laughs> uh, but I will make more attempts at getting the Yotin, so I will not give up. And I will keep everybody posted on Twitter. I do have a Twitter account. And I think, speaking of Twitter, I think it is that time. I think we covered a lot of stuff today. And uh, I think it's a good point to end it for the night. Uh, gentlemen, do you have anything else that you wish to add to the conversation before we wrap things up? Uh, nothing for me. Just thanks for having me again. Yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, happy to know what the direction of the franchise is going forward. You know, Luke pretty much, you know, set all our uh, minds at ease. Yeah, it's great to be able to speculate and to you know, have conversations about what we think will be coming in the future. And it's going to be interesting to look back at this episode and to actually see what is coming in the fall and to see how many things are actually going to come to fruition. And it's it's an exciting time to be a Destiny fan because Bungie is going through a lot of changes that I think in many ways are exciting. And... I think this week's update from Bungie was very telling of what will come this year in the Destiny universe, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I want to thank you both for being here today. Uh, Shadow Price, it's always good to have you on, and I'm glad you're feeling better so that you were able to come on here with us and talk about um, the game we play. And Yeah. And Thanks for having me on, yeah. as always. And Anthrax, thank you very much for joining us. I'm really excited about having you on the show as a regular, and it's uh, really cool to go on this exciting little project and to see where this goes. And it's really exciting to have you on each week and to hear your perspective on the many topics that we talk about relating to this little game that we play. And, uh, yeah, no problem. That's my pleasure. And gentlemen, where can where can everybody learn more about you, Anthrax? Uh, you can just find me on my gamer tag, uh, Anthrax four five five, or uh, on Reddit with the same. And Shadow Price, what about yourself? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Shadow Price seventy nine, and you can also, when I'm feeling better, I'll be streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash I am Shadow Price. Awesome. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at OMG Cornholio. You can also find the Destiny Show podcast on every major podcast app, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Podbean, and more. You can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com for the latest Destiny news, reviews, and shenanigans. You can also follow us at The Destiny Show on Twitter for the very latest updates. And thank you all for joining us for this week's episode of The Destiny Show Podcast. We hope you all have a great week. Bye, guys.
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources.